Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Jumping into the book of Jonah, which is a book in the Bible. So here's something you're going to walk away with and when you leave this series over the next, uh, really the past four weeks coming up. You can walk away and say that I read an entire book, right? So if that was on your like goals for this year, check it off because we're just we're here to help you reach your goals. So, but we're going over and uh, we're jumping into this book and what we've learned so far in the in the book of Jonah, it's it's really this story about the the struggle of obedience and the struggle of obedience is real and we learn from Jonah that it's something that he wrestled with as well. Again, if you think about Jonah, you think it's uh, obviously he's like a, a hero of the Bible. You think, man, he's incredible. But the truth is, he was a little bit messed up. He had some struggles, just like we all have some struggles as well. In fact, he was he was known as the reluctant prophet. And what we are really learning from this series and kind of the, the big idea that I want us all to walk away with is this, is that obedience is rarely comfortable, but always necessary. Right? Obedience is rarely comfortable, but always necessary necessarily, right? And if you look at it, like God, obviously, he gives us gifts that have nothing to do with us. It's out of the goodness of who God is, right? His grace, his mercy, God just gives to us. And and that's really a blessing in itself. But then God calls us to follow through with some things that he wants us to do. God calls us to, to really lead a life that he has planned for us. And when we walk that out, when we live that out, there's blessings that come along with it, right? And it comes from the obedience and following what God has called for each and every one of us. And again, if you remember from last week, we talked about that. God called us each individually to something, right? It's not just a pastor, a preacher, a missionary. It's not just somebody like that, right? It's, it's for all of us. Some of us are called to be the greatest father that, that we can be to our kids. Some of us are called to be the greatest mother that we can be to our kids. Some of us are called to be the greatest business and have the, the most integrity, be the most honorable business person that we can be, right? Some of us are called to be the greatest nurse or, or doctor or construction worker, whatever, right? God's called us to do that. And how we respond makes a difference. How we respond makes a difference. And when we obey and follow Him and follow the path that He has for us, we experience some incredible blessings. And last week we learned that, that how we respond makes the difference. So today we're going to jump in and we're actually going to talk a little bit about prayer and how prayer really applies to that as well. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to to Jonah chapter 2. And as always, if you don't have a Bible... We challenge you to download the Version Bible app just so you can be reading your Bible every single day. And again, just a background on, on where Jonah is in the Old Testament. It's, a, it's found in the Old Testament. And again, the Old Testament is made up of really five different categories. There's the uh, Pentateuch, or also known as the Torah or the Law. It's really the first five books of the Bible where really God set some standards for his people, the Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, and the Hebrew people at that time. So God set some standards there. So that's the, the first five books of the Old Testament. Then you have uh, broken down into the historical books, which are exactly what it sounds like. They're really books giving you the context of, of what's happening during that period of time. So really historical books. Then you have the poetic and the, the wisdom writings, which are actually just some incredible books that regardless if you're a believer or an unbeliever, regardless if you believe in Jesus, whatever, there's some incredible just real life truths that you can apply anywhere in business, apply to your family, right? So you have the poetic and the, the wisdom writings. And then you have the major and the minor prophets. And you're thinking like, okay, so the major prophets are the ones that are more important. But no, the major prophets are actually the ones that are just bigger. 
right? So the major prophets are called major prophets because there's, there's more literature there. Um, and then the minor prophets, they're, they're smaller. So the book of Jonah actually falls into the minor prophets, and it's because of the, the little amount of text. In fact, there's only four chapters to the book of Jonah. And we're going to jump into, which makes it nice for a four-week series, right? So we're going to jump into Jonah chapter 2. But before we do that, let's just remember where Jonah was and let's do a quick recap of, of last week in Jonah chapter 1. If you remember last week, God called Jonah. Hey, God called Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites. And it, Jonah was cool with the whole preaching stuff. He was good to say, say hey, oh, I can preach against the Ninevites all day long. But God called him to preach a message of salvation. And once Jonah heard that, this is where we learn that Jonah is not the hero that we think he is. Because Jonah immediately ran the opposite direction. He's like, you want me to do what, God? Nah, I'm out. I'm going to take this boat and I'm going to Tarshish, which is 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Now, obviously, that didn't go too well for Jonah, because if you remember, Jonah experienced this storm, and he was in the middle of this storm, and all the crew on the boats looking at him like, dude, this is your fault. Like, they drew straws like, yep, Jonah, what did you do? You're messed up. How can we make this stop? So Jonah tells the crew, you know what? Just throw me overboard like I'm calling it, right? And they're like, no, but that's murder on us. That's going to make us look bad. God's not going to like that, so let's just hold off a little bit. But the storm got worse, and the storm got worse, and the storm got worse, so they're finally like, walk the plank, buddy. You're done for, right? So this is where Jonah is. He walked the plank. He jumped off the edge of the, of the boat, and then he was swallowed by this giant fish. And he was in the belly of this fish three days and three nights. And this is where we're picking up from. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. So from inside the fish is when Jonah comes back and starts praying again, right? I don't know about you, but I think being stuck inside a fish would probably do it for me as well. I mean, I'm just guessing the inside of the fish isn't too nice. And here's what happens. He was probably, inside the fish, there's probably not like a nightlight that he can pull, right? It's probably pretty dark in there, and if you've ever been like in the dark, you know that your other senses are a little bit more heightened, right? Like think about it, when you go to sleep at night, everything's dark, you start hearing weird sounds in your house that you've never heard before, right? Because your, your sense of, of hearing is, is a little bit heightened, right? The same thing too, so sense of smell, you start smelling things like, why, what is that burning smell? Did you leave the oven on, right? This is where Jonah was, then his sense of feel too. So he's inside the belly of a fish which his sense of smell is heightened and his sense of feel is heightened. Let's just say that the dead other things in the inside the fish probably created him and really pushed him to that point where he's like, dude, I've got to call out to God, right? I wish I would have just drowned, so all I got now is i got to call back to God. So this is where he was, right? He begins to pray. And as he starts this prayer, this is a prayer that really leads him back to obedience. And before we jump in, and before we jump into this incredible prayer, I want us to understand something about prayer that we, can, that we can learn from them today. I want us to understand that prayer is not the thermometer of your obedience, it's the thermostat. Prayer is not the thermometer of your obedience, it's the thermostat. Let me just unpack that a little bit. If you think about it, a thermometer is what? It's, it's a gauge. It's an instrument used to, to measure the temperature of something. Now again, you can see and you can watch somebody's prayer life and think, man, they're, pretty, they're on fire, right? But really what their prayer life is doing it's regulating their obedience. It's activating some other things in their spiritual life. Right? So prayer is not just a thermometer for your obedience. It's the thermostat. Right? It's a, it's a checkpoint for where something's supposed to be. 
Because right? if you look at a, ther a thermostat, it's a device that, that automatically regulates the temperature. It's a, th it's a device that, that, that really starts and, and gets things and keeps things in check. I mean, think about a car, right? So I'm not really great with cars. In fact, everything I learned about cars is from the things that have gone wrong with my cars, and then I tried to remember that in the past. So really, I learned about thermostats pretty quickly on, though, and my first car, which was a sweet 1987 Chevy Celebrity station wagon. There's a live picture of me driving it right there. Actually, that's not really live, but I can tell you, not from experience, I just know that, you know, the, the ramps, the, the uh, railroad tracks on 21st Street can make that exact same thing happen to a 1987 Chevy Station Wagon. But mine was actually two-tone. It was a, a two-tone blue. For some of you car people, you're like, dude, did they make that? Yeah, they did. They made it in the original color, and then when you're 16 years old and you have a hand-me-down car that's already gone through your sister, you get spray paint, and then you make that thing two-tone blue, and then you hold that together with your punk rock bumper stickers. But here's what happened in my, my 1987 Chevy Celebrity station wagon. It had, a, it had some issues. And one of the issues was that the thermostat stuck. Right? So it would stick, it wouldn't work properly, and then next thing that would happen, it would overheat. Right? So the next thing you know, I'm driving along and I'm stuck on the side of the road, and this happened multiple times. Right? This happened until I finally went back and I fixed that issue. And then, well, the car just drove. So, but what happened is, when the thermostat wasn't working properly, it stopped me from going from point A to point B. Right? It stopped me from going to where I, I wanted to, to go. And the same is true in our prayer life. The same is true in our spiritual life. Right? Our prayers is our thermostat. If it's not working properly, if we're not using it properly, it's going to keep us from going from point A to point B. It's going to really get us stuck in a spiritual sense. Right? It's going to cause us to, to overheat and to shut down sometimes. Prayer is not the thermometer of your obedience. It's the thermostat. And because of that, there's power behind prayer. Right? Prayer has the power to, to start things back up. Prayer has the power to ignite and, and maintain obedience in our life, even in terrible circumstances. And Jonah shows us this. So check this out. Verse 2 continues on. It says, he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Here's Jonah, understand this. He's calling from his struggle. He's calling from a low point. And I think we can learn from this. Again, Jonah, here he is. He's not necessarily the giant spiritual hero, but he's really, he's the messed up guy going through issues. He's the reluctant prophet. And he's calling for God in areas where, if we're honest with ourselves, areas where I think sometimes we just give up and we just give in. Right? See, I think when we hit something, when we hit an obstacle, when we hit a struggling point in our life, there's an opportunity for us to easily just run away. Right? And I think far too often we do it. And when we run away, we miss out on the blessings of God. But instead, what we need to do is we need to follow the instructions of, of what Jonah shows us. First it says he, he, he called out from the deep realm of the dead. The deep realm of the dead. That seems super encouraging, right? But what that is, that's a, that's a place of hopelessness. Right? Other translations refer to this as Sheol. This is, really, this is, this is hell. Right? This is that separation from God. This is the place where our dreams are dead. This is that place where our relationships are dead. This is that place of, of really depression and despair. 
And I think far too often what we do is when we get to that place, and listen, we've been there. Chances are you're here today, you've been to that place, that feeling of depression, that feeling of despair where you feel like things are dead. You've been there before. And what happens is sometimes what happens is we give up and we give in at that moment. But I'm here to tell, I'm here today to tell you to reach out, to call out to God, to pray to God. Right, take the example from Jonah and call out in that moment. Instead of going into a deeper and darker hole, call out. Because this is where salvation comes from. Right? Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross for each and every one of us so that he could meet us in our darkest moment. So that we would no longer be separated from God. So that we would no longer live in Sheol. So that we would no longer live in the deep realm of the dead. Because Jesus conquered death. And we have to call out. Second thing it says is just Jonah called out from the depths of the sea with currents swirling around him. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but you just feel like everything's going around you and you're completely out of control. What that is, that's pressure, right? I think some of us, we face so much pressure that we just want to give up and give in. All right, we feel like we can't move forward. We feel like we can't do anything else. This is the place where we need to give in to the call of God. This is that place where we need to, to, to rest in Him. Right? We need to call on the Lord. Instead of allowing that, that pressure, instead of allowing that, that current to take us further away, we need to call out to God. The truth is it's not too late. Right? For some of us, you think, man, I've been there. That's the season I've been going through. It's been months. It's been weeks. It's been, it's been years. It's been decades. Whatever it is, and you're thinking, it's too late. Now it's time to call out to God. And this says, Jonah also called out from the waves and the breakers. How many of you guys have ever gone to the ocean, right? Then there's some, so there's, there's a difference between the ocean and the gulf, right? So if you've ever been to the gulf, you realize you can just go out there. You can, you can swim as far as you want and you just kind of just roll out there. You can get on a boat and kayak and you can, all of a sudden you can be where you can barely see land anymore. But if you've been to the ocean, you realize that there's something that, that, that hits you when you're going out there. They're, they're called the waves and the breakers, right? There, there are obstacles in our way. And in the younger years, I used to like to go slam my body against them. Now I do it and it actually hurts. I'm thinking like, man, what's wrong with me? But the truth is there's going to be obstacles and things in our way. There's going to be things that are going to be in front of us that if we go against them, they're going to hurt. But what we need to do is we need to call out to God in those moments. Instead of just turning back, instead of giving up, instead of saying, you know what, this is as far as I'm ever going to go. This is it. We can still call out to God. And we don't have to let these things destroy us. We don't have to let this depression, this despair that we live in, we don't have to let it destroy us. We don't have to let the, the pressure around us and everything that's going on, the swirl, the, the swirling currents, we don't have to let that take us further from God. Right? We don't have to let the obstacles move us and be a complete permanent obstacle because we have the power of God who can move mountains with just the size of a mustard seed. Right? We can do this. We don't have to live in guilt, shame, defeat but instead we can pray because prayer has the power to save prayer has the power to activate obedience and blessings in our life it continues on in verse four jonah says this says i said i've been banished from your sight yet i will look again towards your holy temple the engulfing waters threatened me and deep surrounded me seaweed was wrapped around my head the, to the roots of the mountains i sank down 
the earth beneath me barred me in forever. Like this is a whole new level of struggle, right? Here's what's crazy. Each step you take closer to God, you're going to experience more, right? New level, new devil, right? You're going to experience more. You're going to be threatened. You're going to be surrounded. You're going to be trapped. You're going to be strangled. You're going to get to that point of sinking, but he continues on. And this is where it gets really good here. It says, but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Think about this. This is an incredible prayer. And understand where it's coming from. It's not coming from some superhero, super spiritual, above and beyond anybody, right? This isn't No, this is coming from Jonah who's in the midst of his struggle. This is coming from Jonah who's still struggling with obedience itself. This is coming from Jonah who's in the middle of a giant fish, right? He's praying from his struggle and it's a prayer that leads him back to obedience and it's a prayer that leads him back to salvation, right? Verse 10 says, and the Lord commanded the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry land. Come on, that's an amazing story, right? Jonah was saved. And let me just talk a little bit of this real fast, right? Jonah, he was saved. He was saved from his disobedience. He was saved from the storm. He was saved from, from the giant fish. But when he gets shot out there, guess what? He's still a little bit messy. I mean, think about this. A little bit messy, and that's probably the understatement of all today, right? But here's Jonah he gets puked out from this, from this giant fish. But that was his salvation. That's what saved him there. And listen, I, here's what I want us to understand. When people get saved, when we see somebody and we're walking with them and they're coming to Jesus, they finally make that decision to, to follow Jesus, to commit to Jesus. That's one of the best things ever. But guess what? They're still probably going to be a little messy. There's still going to be some of that, that old stuff on them, right? Because obedience is a process. It's a process. And it's a process that's, that's regulated by prayer. Okay. So when we, when we talk to somebody, when we, we, we share our faith with someone and, and they jump on, we got to get them praying. We got to get them talking to their creator. We got to get them talking with their maker, right? So that they can continue on, right? They continue on. Again, prayer is not a thermometer of your obedience. It's the thermostat. And instead of getting to that breaking point where we want to give in, instead of getting to that place where we're stuck in hopelessness, where we're stuck with the pressure around us, with the obstacles, what if we had a device that could regulate and steer us back in the right direction? Listen, that device is prayer. That device is prayer. And we can pray with confidence. We can pray with hope. We can pray knowing that God will hear our prayer. So today I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you, wherever you are, Maybe you walked in here and maybe you can relate to one of those seasons in life way too close. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to pray. Instead of making excuses, pray. So we'll go back to what MC Hammer says. You got to pray just to make it today. All right. So simple enough. So what I want to do is I just actually want to give you some uh, different elements of prayer and how to put this into practice. I think sometimes we can be overwhelmed with the thought of prayer, right? Think, oh, well, that's just what, that's what spiritual people do. That's what, that's what people who've been following uh, Jesus, they know how to do that, 
They know how to do that well, right? Now, let me just give you a quick five elements. Maybe if you're going to put all five of them into practice today, maybe you're just going to put one of them in practice. Whatever it is, let me just give you five things that we can take away from Jonah's prayer that we can apply to our own lives. And number one is this. Part of prayer is crying out to God. Part of prayer is crying out, right? Like, if you think about it, crying out, it's a start to a conversation. It's the beginning of something. It's the activator, and it's something that actually requires and triggers a response as well. I think about my kids. I remember when my kids were babies. I still sometimes call them babies, but they are no longer babies. They're giant kids that are keep growing. It's weird. But I remember when they were babies and when they were infants, and we had them in the, uh, the crib, and we had them in really the nursery right next to our room. Through the night, they would, they would cry out. And that cry, depending on the cry, would, would trigger a different response. Now, my wife is blessed to be able to sleep through anything. So I was the one who usually got up. So I had to gauge these certain cries of my kids. So there were some cries that were like, it was just a little bit whine. You knew that they were a little uncomfortable. So you wake up, you listen. As a father, I listen, but I'm like, yeah, that can last. They'll go back to sleep. Then there are the cries that like, they just wanted you to know that they were up, but they didn't really need anything yet. They were just make, making sure like, if they're up, somebody else is going to be up with me. So I had to like, at least kick the sheet a little bit and let them know that there's somebody near them, right? I didn't have to do anything yet. But then there's the, the, the real cries, right? There's the desperation cries that, that they know that they need something, right? They either need, they either need held, they either need fed, or they need changed, right? Those are the desperation cries, and it triggered a response. And the same is true in our prayer life. Listen, there's times, there's times where, where we need to cry out because there's times we just need help. We need help by our Creator, by our Father. Right? There's times where, where we need to cry out because, man, we need fed. Right? We need to, to cry out. We need to allow God's Word to, to really reach our hearts. So we need fed. Listen, there's other times where we cry out because, well, there's a mess. There's a mess we made and we, we need somebody to help us. Right? Part of prayer is that it's crying out. And if you look at Jonah, he started out. And again, in verse 2, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Jonah called out in distress. He cried out from the deep realm of the dead. He cried out from his hopelessness. He cried out from his depression. And for him, that was a serious cry. And listen, there's some times in our life that warrants a serious cry. And don't overlook this. When we have a serious cry, God will answer. And when we have a serious cry, God will listen. So think about it. In your life right now, is there some area where you're holding back from God? Is there some area where you need to cry out? Is there some area where, where you need to cry out and begin your prayer with that? Listen, if so, I want to encourage you to do so. And here's what this looks like. It's really letting God know where you're at. And God knows everything anyways, but the truth is, he wants us to be vulnerable with him enough. He wants our lives to be connected with him enough where we're sharing our life with him. He's not watching it from the outside. He wants us to cry out to him. So listen, if you're here today and you're in a place that, that, that warrants a serious call, I want to challenge you, cry out. If work stinks, cry out to God. If your marriage is in a bad way, cry out. Cry out to God. If your relationship with your kids is, is, is broken, cry out to God. If your finances are jacked up, listen, cry out to God. Listen, if you're addicted to something, maybe you're going to, to alcohol, drugs, or porn, or something else instead of Him, cry out to Him. Because that conversation starts there. 
that regulator, that, that activator for our life starts there. And that's I want to challenge you. Crying out to God means that we're not holding back on Him. Like, don't sugarcoat where you are. Don't fake it. I think so many times we come to God and we're like, yeah, God, blessed are you. You're so awesome. Um, thanks for my great life. Meanwhile, I'm dying on the inside. Let Him know. Let Him know where you are. Get vulnerable with God. Get vulnerable with God and cry out. Part of prayer is crying out. Second part of prayer is repenting. And this, this is the hard one, right? But part of prayer is, is repenting and walking away from something else. Right? This is what repentance is. It's turning away from an action. It's turning away from a sin. It's turning away from that disobedience and turning back to God. Right? Again, last week, we talked about Jonah and how he, he went 2,500 miles, got on a boat to go 2,500 miles in the opposite direction of God, in the opposite direction of which God wanted him to go. So for him, he literally had to turn around. But he also had to change his mindset. He had to change the way he was thinking. And listen, we're called to do the same thing. And our prayer life is the activator of that. It's where everything can start. It's a starting point for repentance. Again, in Jonah's prayer, verse 4, it says, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Jonah had to change where he was looking. We have to change the way we're looking to. We have to change the direction we're looking if we're going the wrong direction. Right? There's some times where we just need to repent. See, the truth is I think we start off, a lot of us, we start off with good intentions, right? Again, last week I talked about how we're all called to something, right? We're called to, to be a good father. We're called to be whatever. And say that is, that's, that's over here. This is where God wants us to go, right? He wants us to go towards the cross and he's got a crazy, amazing plan for us and it's over here. And we can start walking that way. We can say, you know what? My plan is God's called me to be the greatest father ever. So we're walking towards that. But then you know what happens? There's things that can easily distract us might see a great job. Instead of that job being 45, 50 hours, oh, you know what? I'm going to be in the office 60 hours this week. But you know what? It's more money. It's more status. It's making me look better. I'm going after that job. Pretty soon you change direction. And here's why I know. You can't walk this direction and get over there. So for some of us, what we need to do is we need to turn back around. We need to get to what God's called us to get to. We need to go back to where he originally called us. We need to turn around and repent. And prayer is the activator for that. Prayer starts that point. It's what keeps us in line with God. So I want to challenge you this week. If there's something that's taking you in a way that you know you're not supposed to go, bring it to prayer. Start talking to God about it. Ask Him for the power to make that change. Part of prayer is repentance. Another part of prayer is remembering. Prayer includes a time of remembering. If you remember last week, I talked about how what we need to do and, and how we need to respond in obedience is we need to, to declare who God is, we need to declare who we are in Christ, and we need to declare our responsibilities. In prayer, we need to go back to that and we need to remember all those things. We need to remember who God is. We need to remember who we are in Him. Again, in Jonah's prayer in verse 7, it says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Listen, if you're in the middle of a storm right now, Jonah was in the middle of his storm, and he remembered God. I want to challenge you to remember who God is. Listen, this week was one of those like, weeks that just like, I always, sometimes I don't like preaching, to be honest with you, because I always get hit and attacked in the area that I'm preaching. So this week was one of those areas that I'm just like, man, 
It was just a frustrating week. It was like a long week. I had a retreat that I was going to on Monday and Tuesday as a pastor's retreat. It should have been awesome, right? We're just hanging out on a river and boats and stuff. And there was a guest speaker there. It was cool. But something crept up that in me that I didn't like that, that I recognized on Monday. In fact, I always say that God's kind of like, we're kind of like an onion and God's just kind of peeling each layer off and then he shows us what's going on. So if you think you got it all together, the next thing you know, oh, there's another layer there. And like, that was kind of me this week. I count myself as, as a pretty secure guy, but something happened this week that relationship-wise that there was like an insecurity that, that kind of showed its ugly face. And I look at that, I'm like, man. And all week long, it's been messing with my head. I'm thinking like, I'm a secure guy. Why is that bothering me so much? What is that insecurity? What's wrong with me? Right? But here's what I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting to take time to remember who God says I am. I think we need to do the same thing. Part of our prayer should be remembering who God says we are. Remembering who God is. And then, not only that, we need to vocalize that. There's something that happens when we vocalize our memories. Right? There's something that happens that's powerful. So I want to challenge you this week. Take some time to vocalize who God is. Who you are in Him. Right? Take some time to do that. This week, maybe for you, maybe that means that at the end of service today, you can write three to five areas where God showed Himself faithful. Maybe three to five areas where, where you experience God's grace, where you experience God's mercy. Right? Write those down, and I want to challenge you this week, start your day off. Start your day off with a prayer, and then actually read those out loud. Right? Maybe, maybe it's in your car when you're alone, so you don't, people don't think you're crazy in your house. That's fine. Maybe you just tell your people in, in your house, like, this, I'm going to make some noise. Listen, I practice my sermons at home, and usually my kids are there, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm going to be talking and practicing my sermon. Just know I'm not crazy, right? Maybe that's what we do when we tell our kids, like, hey, I'm going to go pray, and I'm actually going to pray out loud. But here's what's incredible. People learn from how you pray. So when we're vocalizing things out loud, not only are you doing something incredible in you, you're doing something incredible in those around you as well. So vocalize those memories. Take some time to remember who he is. And the number four is to pray, is to praise. Praise is such an important element of prayer. Praise is such an important element of really, really our life. See, what praise is, it's this expression of approval. It's showing admiration. It's really, it's the highest of all compliments. And God deserves our praise, right? It's a celebration. God deserves us to celebrate him. Listen, there's something powerful going on in worship today. I don't know if you guys felt it, but it's cool, right? And what that is, is praise. Right? This is why we open up the service. We open up the service with, this, with praise for that purpose so that we can celebrate who God is. So we can applaud who God is. So that we can clap for, for who God is. And again, when we clap, we're not clapping for the band, although they were just showing off today with some harmonies and stuff, but we're clapping for God, right? right? And what's amazing is this, is that we can feel His presence in His praise. Right? We can feel His presence in His praise. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation with God, and it's always nice to know that somebody's on the other side. I mean, think about it. We've had phone calls with people, and all of a sudden it's gone silent, and you're thinking like, dude, did they just hang up on me? I was in the middle of this great story. What's going on? All right, fine. I'll stop this story. Hey, are you there? Yeah, 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 I'm here. Okay, cool. And then they just go right back into it, right? The same is true with God. We want to know that he's on the other side of the conversation, and the way we do that is through praise. Because praise elevates us into God's presence and power while sending the enemy running. That's the power of praise. It elevates us into his presence. It elevates us into his power because God, God loves to be in his praise. Right? That's where he stays. 
But Satan hates it. Satan runs from it. So listen, if you want to experience more of God, it starts with praise. And we can do that in our prayer. Again, in Jonah's prayer, it says, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. Listen, some of us just need to shout a little more. Right? Some of us need to verbalize our gratefulness to Him a little more. Some of us need to make it part of our prayer life. So let me just give you a couple quick examples of how we can incorporate praise into our lives, into our prayer lives, into church as well. One thing is just to say thanks more. Be a little more grateful. Say thanks for the, the things that you experience each and every day. Just say thank you. Another one is by clapping our hands. Listen, we had, we had some hand clapping going on today. And listen, that's good stuff, right? That's good stuff. Psalms 47 one says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Last time I checked, all you nations includes all of us. We can clap our hands to show some praise. Another way is to, is to sing praise songs. I know this may be a stretch, but for some of us, we can go from that just mouthing the words to actual singing. You guys are thinking like, how'd you know I did that, right? Why are you calling me out? No, it's time to sing a little bit. It doesn't matter how talented you are or how not talented you are. Sing a little bit, right? It's a, it's a way to praise God. Psalms 9-11 says, sing the praises of the Lord. Another way is to, to lift our hands. You may see that in service. You're probably, maybe it kind of weirds you out or maybe you're just like, man, I wish I could raise my hands. That would be cool. Like, but I, people are going to look at me. They're all going to stare at me, right? They're all going to laugh at me. No, nobody cares, first of all. Get, it's totally fine. And listen, there's no wrong way to raise your hand, but we're called to do it. I mean, think about it. The great theolo theologian group, Run DMC, they told us, <laughs> throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. But the truth is, they stole that from the Bible anyways. They stole it from the psalmist in Psalms 134 too. It says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. It's a way to praise and it's a part of our prayer life. Another way to praise is to read, speak, and listen to psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right? For some of us, maybe we just need to change what we're reading. For some of us, we need to change what we're, what we're listening, up, listening to, what we're singing along with. That means we maybe need to change the radio station, mix up our Pandora station, change our Spotify to something different, right? Get it back to the songs. Get it back to the hymns. Get it back to the, the songs of praise. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last way we can praise is probably the worst of them all for me. Some of us, we just need to be still. Right? Slow down. Be still and be in the presence of God. Psalms 46.10 says, he says, be still and know that I'm God. For some of us, it's, it's a struggle really to, to slow down and, and to put prayer as a part of our life. And because of it, there's other areas that are, that are lagging behind. I want to challenge you to, to praise God by being still enough to experience who he is. And then the final, number five, portion of prayer is to follow through. Make a declaration that you will follow through on God's will. Make a declaration that you will follow through on what God's called you to do. And then never give up. Right? Never give up. Even if it doesn't make sense at the time. Even if it isn't exactly part of your plan. Follow through. Again, Jonah in verse 9 says, What I vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah didn't want to declare salvation to the Ninevites. But he got to the point in his prayer 
that he says salvation comes from the Lord and I will make good on what I vowed to do. For some of us, for some of us, we just need to make good on what we vowed to do. And we need to make that a part of our prayer life. We need to make it a commitment to God. We need to make it a commitment that we reiterate every time we talk to him as well. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to put prayer as a part of your life. Don't get to a point where you feel like you can give up because the truth is that moment right there, that lowest point in your life is really where God loves to show up the most. And when we pray, He responds. So I want to challenge you to pray. Prayer is not the thermometer of your obedience. It's the thermostat. So pray. And now shameless plug. Tonight we have prayer at 6 to 7 p.m. right here. Right? With child care is provided. For real though, what better way to start off your week than praying? And again, we give you an hour. We give you an hour time slot. We'll throw music on here. Trust me, it'll be fine. It's peaceful. Everybody's ever come says this was a great way. We don't go over the top. We're not going to ask you to pray out loud your first time. No, your second, third, or fourth time, you might get in there. But, but the first time, you're, 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 you're good to go. But I challenge you, come tonight. Start your week off with this. And don't just do it tonight. Do it every morning. Do it every day this week. Right? Use prayer to regulate your obedience through your life. Right? Cry out. Repent. Remember. Praise. And make a declaration to follow through. As we close, if you would, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe for you, this whole concept of prayer seems a little bit fuzzy. Maybe because you didn't really know who you're praying to, or maybe you didn't know that you could have a relationship with God in that way. So I never went into service without giving you an opportunity to change just that. Maybe here today, and maybe, maybe you don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you did, but you walked away. I want to challenge you on the back of that connection card. There's a, there's a place that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. If that's you and you want to do that today, check mark that box and then believe that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you so that you could have a relationship with him, so that you could talk with him every single day, so that you could reach out and cry out for help when you need it the most. If that's you, check mark that box and then believe that and, and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, maybe God's calling you to do something. Maybe for you, You need to step up your prayer life. Maybe there's some things that that you've been holding back on God that you've been trying to sugarcoat, but it's time to cry out. Maybe there's some things that that you need to repent from. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you just need to remember Him. Maybe there's some areas in your life where where you need to praise Him more. Maybe there's something that you just need to fall through on. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to write it down and make it more than just words on a piece of paper, but live it out. Make it a part of your prayer life each and every day this week. And listen, there's also a place for prayer requests because we want to partner with you in prayer. Listen, we don't just want to want you praying. We want to be praying with you as well. So we take these cards super serious. This is our way to track and journey with you. So if you would take this moment to fill that out completely and to get any ties or offerings ready, and then Daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you, to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.